Welcome back to Shelter Island, the podcast where we shoot the shit and compare the lives of a Brits, a Yankee, and for this week, a Kiwi too. I'm your host, Mason Carwin, and once again, I'm joined by my good old friend from across the pond, Jack Heimowitz. Heimo, how are we doing this week? I'm doing great this week. How are we doing, Mason? Yeah, I'm very good, and I'd like to say we are delighted to be joined by our very first Shelter Island guest. This week, our very good friend, all the way from New Zealand, Mr. Connor Jones. Connor, how are we doing? Hey, boys. I'm good. I'm good. How are we? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. It's been a while, eh? It's been a while, indeed. Crazy times. I was hoping to get back over your ways to catch up with all you guys, but unfortunately, uh, the old COVID-19 had some different plans with all that. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch up and have a have a pint sometime soon. Mate, that would be the dream. But um, before we get into stuff about COVID and what life is like in New Zealand and what you're doing currently with your life, uh, we're going to rewind all the way back to when we first met. And of course, we're going to get the uh, the beat to beat 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 out again, and we're going to talk about camp yet again. I know that's what we always go on about, but that's of course where we met. And we all met at Camp Chippenor. Could you please just explain to me um, what camp was like for you? Camp was a hell of a time being uh, young, dumb and free-minded, going out meeting some crazy <laughs> people from all over the world. And then here we are, what is it, mate, almost four years now later, still catching up? Yeah. yeah uh, it was a hell of a time. Not, not a bad way to start off the, uh, the old travels and meeting some crazy people. And um, yeah, just forging some lifelong friendships that... We'll just keep going on. How did you hear of How did you hear of camp? Uh, I heard of camp through a lot of uh, friends that always talked about it, um, just through school and that. And uh, when I was at school, I decided that uni wasn't really my thing. I couldn't commit to that, but I could definitely commit to going around and uh, checking out some of the world. And uh, all these people that were talking about potentially doing a summer camp never actually went. Um, so I thought, screw it, I'll go... Uh, go test it out, see how it goes, and yeah, it turned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was four years ago since you've been at camp. Is there, like, just just give me, like, a handful of, like, some some good memories that you've had from camp, because I'm sure that the three of us all together, we've had quite a few. If you look we've at had like, quite so... a few, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had plenty, but I'd say some of the best memories were just um, hanging out on... Uh, on the old night shift when all the kids fell asleep and just literally just having yarns with some people, comparing stories, comparing lives and the backgrounds of what everyone's come from and everything like that. And then obviously uh, the night's off when uh, everything gets a bit more wild, but <laughs> it's, still, it's still basically the same. It's, uh, it's just really awesome to meet such a range of, uh, range of people and different backgrounds and um, yeah, just creating new memories in a strange place with uh, hundreds of people that you've never met before that you end up getting really close with in such a short time. That's, um, when he said that, that's made me like cast my mind back. If you remember, so, so the long and short of it really is, is when the kids went to sleep, uh, every now and again you'd have to go on, on duty, it was called, and you'd sit outside of the bunk and basically listen yeah. out to the kids whenever they'd um, make sure they, they're okay when they go to sleep. Yeah. So I remember one time, um, so we had to serve this every now and again, and of course alternate that with your, your nights off as well I remember one time Connor it was uh, me you and a few of the other lads um, we all went out for a few beers one night and we yep. couldn't get a taxi back <laughs> and the, ta- the taxis oh, back were like running late and everything yeah. so as we got back we missed our curfew by like at least 10-15 minutes yeah. so we've ran into camp as quick as we can 
And then, of course, we were late. And then, like, the next day, everyone was gone about, oh, these boys were late and everything. But it was completely out of our control. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, coming up was one of the biggest, um, so the biggest nights out of the of the uh, the trip, of uh, the second time at Skinner's. Everyone was camping out there, loads of beers and everything. And then the supervisor, DT, turned around and said, oh, like, oh, who was late for OD? But it wasn't referencing us, but we, we thought he was. So me, you, <laughs> Caleb, all put our hands up. It's like, yeah, all right then. Yeah, yeah. We had to serve extra OD. Yeah. And we literally ended up getting to this, this campsite at like, what, one, two in the morning, trying yeah. to join the pop party. We had a crate of beer, we were all ready, and we rocked up, and everyone was fucking steaming. <laughs> everyone was dead, <laughs> lying on the floor. Yeah, everyone was already gone. The worst yeah, bit about that story is that he really had no idea who it was, so we just dobbed ourselves in. We could have got <laughs> off scot-free. We had we had nothing holding us down, and we were just, uh, nah, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. we got to go see. Man, we just did a good night off on that one. <laughs> <laughs> from, what, from all accounts, though, it sounded like a messy fucking night, though. It looked insane. Yeah, that was uh, that was a big one. But you, you just had to catch up really fast. Oh, we caught up in no time, don't you worry about that. <laughs> and then, uh, now the day after that day, that's when everyone got ridiculously sunburned. Because, you know, you get a couple beers in you and everyone forgets about that old sunscreen thing. And um, Coach, remember that? Yeah. yeah. He was so red and started blistering. And he had no idea what to do. And like, in, in New Zealand, our ozone layer is like completely screwed. So it's like sort of a rite of passage into summer by getting absolutely sunburned on... Um, early November, December type thing. And so I'm just there trying to help him out of how to deal with these blisters and sunburn. And yeah, unexperienced, but it was uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with, um, with Skinners, though, isn't it? It's like you just get, when you're there, you're in the water and everything, you don't really realize that you're getting burnt because you, yeah. you keep yourself cool, you, you, you chill in the water every now and again. You don't realize how burnt you're getting, especially when you're, yeah. you're singing the Bud Lights, you have no idea, do you? Yeah, no, no, none at all. And then all of a sudden you get back to camp that night and you're trying to trying to tone things down, get ready for another week, and then you're just in pain. <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to sleep on those uh, on those rusty bed sheets we're given, and uh, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> you have kids climbing on top of you, and you're like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, for for all of you guys that don't know, Coach is just this big ginger guy who just. He's from Minnesota, so he doesn't even know what sun is. And he, <laughs> I I remember this day where he just came back and he was just burnt for like two weeks straight. And everyone was like, "Dude, like your your skin matches your hair." <laughs> the way uh the way I describe coach to my mates over here is um think of like the ultimate patriotic American, and that is him to a T. Like guaranteed, <laughs> you know, like gun shooting shit face, like. Just kick it, rip it, flip it, American, you know? Like, he is okay, that. see, it's, he is that. it's funny It's funny that you say that, though, because in every episode, Mason says that that's me. And yeah. I, I, I'm wondering how you would describe me if you describe Coach as the ultimate American. Oh, I mean, there's all sorts of ultimate Americans, am I right? Everyone's a little... Everyone's a little patriotic in their own way, but... Just, I've I've had a couple of video calls with him, and he's literally called me and just showing off his uh, his flags in his room while wearing his uh, 
American flag t-shirt and he's got you know the eagles everywhere and one time he just grabbed his gun put his hunting and fishing boots on the <laughs> counter in the, in the in the bathroom and he's just facetiming me trying to show show all that off so that's um yeah that's how it goes <laughs> i bumped into you know tom from yeah Houston. i yeah. bumped into him at a gas station on the way down south just randomly and um and rebecca both of them just no bumped way. into him in the gas station yeah i was like I walked past, I walked past, I turned around, I was like, they look familiar, turned around, and I looked, and they were looking back as well, I was like, <laughs> I know you guys, like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, it was <laughs> and it's just, yeah. it, it's crazy how that happens, it happens all the time, I, I was yeah. in a train station in, uh, in London, and obviously, like, I'm American, I'm, like, not from London, and I now, saw, you stand like a, you stand out like a sore thumb, <laughs> do I though? Yeah, everyone I, knows you're a yank. It's so obvious. But 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 anyway, so I I get off of the tube, and I walk past someone, and I I had my headphones in. I was coming home from class, and I had no idea that I saw anyone that I knew. And all of a sudden, I I hear hi mo hi mo, and I'm in a train station, and I'm like, who's calling me hi mo in a train station across the world? And I just turn around, and it's one of my first co-counselors from like 2015. And I was just like, holy shit, like, I haven't spoken to you since 2015. Yeah. And, it, and I just bump into you in a train station across the world. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild, eh? It's wild. Small world, but it's huge. That's the thing I find with camp, really. Like, you could, uh, you could, like you said, kind of at the start, you make friendships where you don't get anywhere else. And, you know, our, our, our group in 2017 was, uh, was a close bunch, and... Um, of course, the best way to do that is celebrate in, in, in Monty. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Monty or Monticello is, um, Connor, could you just basically paint the picture of what Monticello is uh, for everyone out there? Because it's, it's quite a rogue one, isn't it? Monticello was an interesting time. So uh, you just got to picture a beat-up, run-down, shitty motel, completely <laughs> sold out, 10 people to a room full of international staff, that have been dealing with kids all week and have one thing on their mind and that's just absolutely <laughs> shit-faced. <laughs> and uh, the party just spills out of the rooms. The the porch is just covered in people and, I mean, I would not want to live in that town when we had a night off because you would be dealing with so much noise the whole time. But it was, uh, it was a hell of a time for sure. Is there any kind of standout drunken memories that you've got from Monticello? Because... I'm, I'm, I'm sure a few times, like, say, we, we, you had this one motel and everything. Didn't you stay at, like, a, a different hotel, like, a, a bit of a while away at some yeah. point? Was that just me yes. imagining it? No, we uh, we totally booked the wrong one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we show up, we're like, damn, this is the first night off of, of the of the night's off. And, um, and, yeah, we booked the wrong one. We rock up, we're like, damn, everyone's pretty quiet so far. What's going on? And then we figure out we're, like, a kilometer down the road. Um, <laughs> so... Obviously, we just head straight up and get to it and whatnot. But the funniest thing, um, obviously, being from New Zealand, I mean, we're a pretty wild country, but different sort of animals, different sort of vibes. But the funniest part was on that night walking back to the hotel because, I mean, paid for the room, as well staying, all right, um, was just walking, stumbling down the middle of the road in this town that I'd never been in, no idea where I was going. And then just a couple deer just walking across the road right in front of me. It just blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, what is going on here? But I thought I was in the middle of town. What are these deer doing? But yeah, that was a that was a funny one. 
That's the thing. I think with Monticello, everyone's got like a really, really crazy memory from there. It's just a place where any shit goes. I think for me, um, one of the most crazy things I had is um, obviously you know the drink Four Loco. So for those oh. who don't know what Four Loco, <laughs> straight away. Don't get me started. Yeah, I love those. Oh, I miss so, them. I miss. I wish we had them here. They're dangerous. They're actually they're banned in the UK. I think actually fully banned. Yeah, yeah. They must... They're like they're that boozy and they're that. But they fuck you up that much. I think they're just genuinely banned. Wow. I, I don't know if they're banned here, but they definitely don't have anything like it. So I'd assume no. so. I'd assume so, but... Oh, man, yeah. that's, like a, that's like a blackout in a can. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, so long and short of it, really, is I had this blackout in a can, and we were at Monticello, <laughs> and we were partying away, everything like that. I was going absolutely fine. I had one too many of these blackout cans, or whatever you call them. I passed pass out on this bed sound asleep next thing you know I wake up in the morning and I look around and for some reason I only have one shoe on so I went to bed both my shoes tied up and I, I had one shoe missing so one of my converses was missing so I was looking around the room and of course there was ten other people in this room no one knows where it was I looked in this parking lot I looked everywhere for this one shoe no idea where it went to this day, I've still not found that shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. You were fuming the next morning. Mate, so basically, I, I have to walk down from uh, from the hotel to the Walmart, which is like some across a highway, with one fucking shoe on. <laughs> I was hopping along the highway with one converse and one foot on the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was good. I think that was the night where I got some... Uh, I got some videos of you and Caleb spooning. It was the cutest shit I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah, Full on, arms wrapped up. Cozy little couple down there. <laughs> and it's just like, the, that's just what you have to do. I mean, when there's 13 people sharing a room, you'll cuddle up with anybody. Oh, you're cuddled up, yeah. I, 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 I was already I, I passed out. So he, kind of, <laughs> so he, he cuddled he, you. He cuddled me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I remember I, I woke up one morning and there's people all over. There's like three people in my bed and like four people in another bed and I wake up and I just see that there's two people like spooning next to me and I was like oh okay that's pretty cute and I like go to look look under the covers and I'm like wow I'm the only one who's clothed in this bed (laughs) and I'm just like I like I wasn't like oh gross I was like I'm missing all the fun (laughs) and then you get out of bed and you're just like walking over people trying not to like yeah. kick someone in the ribs and you go to take a leak in the bathroom and all of a sudden someone opens the curtain and is like do you mind and i'm like oh <laughs> sorry i interrupted your slumber in the bathtub <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we keep it classy on the nights off then <laughs> so i i know that you had mentioned before that you spent quite a bit of time in canada uh with a few of yeah. other people that you met at camp um, yeah. and obviously I, I've never been to Canada, even it's so close to me and I've never been. Uh, so what, what is that like kind of working in Canada through the winter? That is cold, man. Cold. <laughs> I've never experienced cold like that. Oh my God. Um, it's beautiful though. It's crazy. Like living in the mountains, um, mountain ranges and heaps of, uh, the nice people over there. But yeah, I mean, I've never been anywhere like that in the world before so just living in that mountain range for just over a year and a half and actually really been able to experience it as opposed to 
um, you know, just going on a holiday and just checking out a place for a week and just seeing some sites that you want to see, but actually living there and getting to know the place and how um, other countries actually work and how they are over a longer period was actually quite a cool experience. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good time. Met some really awesome people. I think I was there for about two months before I fit, met my first uh, Canadian friend because um, it is just overrun with Aussies. It's just like Cam. <laughs> it's just like Cam. It's insane. It actually took about two months to make my first Canadian friend. And I started getting mad at all the Australians I was meeting. I was like, where's the damn Canadians at? I want to see if they're actually that nice, you know? Um, so yeah, if, uh, if you guys are maybe, if it's a bit too expensive to fly over to Australia, just head on over to Banff or Alberta or you know, Whistler or something, you'll be able to meet plenty of Aussies over there. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it you done over there then? Like, um, um, were, you, were you a teacher or were you, were you just snowboarding or what were you doing? Nah, so um, I ended up getting a job through, um, do you remember Dan from camp? Yeah, Dan Ray. So I, yeah, I ended up working at the ski hall that he was at because um, I just showed up without like just a work visa and nothing else just sort of hoping for the best and then once it started getting real close and I started running out of money I was like yeah I need to find a job real quick um and so I was lucky enough to get put onto the ski hill with him um where I ended up being a snowmaker um which I didn't had never even heard of before because I mean Canada you know there's plenty of snow what what do we need to make it for um but yeah no that was one of the craziest jobs I think I've ever had um hard work manual labor out in the cold walking up and down the ski hill um you know for eight hours at a time at minus 30 degrees getting paid fourteen fifty an hour and uh having the time of your life it was crazy it was the worst <laughs> it was the best worst job i've ever had in my life um you know we're, we're walking up and down the ski hill um in the middle of the night because the snowmaking was um 24 7 when it was cold um and our managers would just call over the radio like, oh, hey guys, like just um, just be aware. I've just seen some like cougars eyes in the bushes just down from where you are. So just keep an eye out for that. So, you know, you're already <laughs> out there freezing your butt off trying to stay warm. And then he's trying to tell you that these animals are out here watching you about to jump on you and whatnot. And you're just trying <laughs> to keep focused on the job. <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was a good time. Um, working on the ski hill is definitely something I'd recommend if you're uh, keen to have fun with absolutely no responsibility at all and uh i think the best thing about it was it was kind of similar to camp in a way where everyone that was there was purely there to have fun so it was uh it was dangerous as well because instead of just having one night off a week it was any night and you suddenly put uh 90 people in one apartment building and um it was a few wild parties yeah <laughs> yeah everyone everyone loves getting on it you but I think everyone—I think everyone wants to hear about these wild parties. Like, what was the wildest one you went on? Oh, we had—we uh, had this thing. Um, so all of the staff that worked on the ski hall all stayed in the same accommodation. So we had this one building, and uh, because we worked in hospitality and you know, like looking after guests and whatnot, um, the weekends were always the busiest time. Um, but Mondays were always like real quiet. So we ended up having Sunday fun day every week. <laughs> Um, and they were all different themes. So we had like gender bender. So the dudes dress up as girls and the girls dress up as dudes. We had, uh, anything but cups. So I was drinking out of a cereal box and, uh, <laughs> anything but clothes. Uh, so everyone's trying to cover themselves without succeeding too well. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a time. And we actually ended it with, uh, 
what we called the Canonascus wine mixer. So uh, a little uh, Step Brothers inspired. Um, so oh, basically, yeah. you've got 90 pissheads all living together in this building, right, for about eight months of the winter season. And um, so all of these cans and bottles and drinks that we've uh, been having, we've all collected them the whole time. Um, so we take all of these thousands of cans back to the recycling center and you get about 10 cents per can and uh, we refunded them all got about 1200 bucks um, worth of money back from them and that just all funds this huge piss up that we have to end the season <laughs> and so we had we had a keg we had a big bucket of jungle juice but well, we did like two jungle juices i think just stupidly strong stupid amounts of liquor and alcohol around and no one had to pay for it you know what i mean so that was a huge night i think um i think at some point a snowboard ended up in the tree outside um (laughs) the boys that i was living with sort of started a tradition that every sunday we would uh jump through the coffee table Um, (laughs) so (laughs) in our living room in the corner we just had a pile of wood from all the old coffee tables but we just go down to to the op shop we'd go down to the op shop and just um pick up a couple at a time just to stay ready for it um one time (laughs) one time one of the boys actually decided you know what i'm sick of uh not having a coffee table to eat on on mondays um so he bought a glass one and he said this is either going to go really well or really bad and sure enough that night someone punched a hole straight through it (laughs) and it didn't last too long it didn't last too long so just yeah I mean I'll tell you more stories but honestly I can't remember half of them it was that that big of a scene What is it called? When you like admit something? Confession. Confession. Yeah, that's the one. I've got a bit of a confession. I might have got on the piss last night and finished all the corona. So I, told you I'd, <laughs> I told you I'd have some. But I've got I've got something else. I've got something else, but I was really trying to hold on to it. Well, what are you substituting with? Uh, I think I'm going to substitute with a long white, um, which is kind of like the seltzers that you guys have. Um, oh, okay over there but they're really good they're extremely dangerous on a hot summer's day um there's a bit of a tradition in new zealand where you vorteki them i don't know if you guys know what a vorteki is yeah when you uh when you do when you do the tornado yeah yeah, the vortex yeah so yeah if you're at uh any sort of gig or any sort of piss up in summer honestly at some point you're gonna hear vorteki let's go and it's just (laughs) sort of (laughs) it's just sort of a thing in new zealand right now but um yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into this. So I've yeah. got I've got myself here a Corona as well. Hi mate, you got the same. Yeah, I got a jumbo Corona. Oh, you, you got, got the big, big ones. Yeah. Big ones. <laughs> oh, America, go big or go home. Yeah. Okay, it's <laughs> a Friday night here. Us, Always got to one up. All right, yeah. we're, we're recording on a Friday night here. I gotta I gotta go big. All right. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll let you off. Being be, uh, be that we've got the first guest on, we've got to go big or go home, haven't we, sir? <laughs> That's got to be done. Let's crack these open, boys. Hell yeah. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads. That just tastes like summer straight away. Yeah. Indeed. They do say the best way to cure a hangover is uh, crack open another one, so I guess we're on again, boys. (laughs) (laughs) So so just 
just reminded me, what, what time is it out there in New Zealand right now? Uh, right now, it's just gone midday. Um, no, it's a perfect midday time. On, perfect midday time. on Saturday, so I think we're perfect actually for perfectly on time to get going again on Saturday. <laughs> you know, we got we got a bit of the sun out, and uh, even though our brains were hurting a little bit this morning, I mean, uh, some of the flatties already discussed that we may as well just go again tonight, you know? Be really oh, yeah, done, mate. <laughs> you you say that you've been sort of drinking them all summer because of course in New Zealand you're able to go out and kind of have a regular life this year yeah. or this summer. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've been extremely lucky. Um, extremely lucky over the summer. It's uh, almost almost been completely normal just in New Zealand. Um, That's crazy. And how we've been able to act and move freely and do whatever we want I think and um yeah everyone's just super like don't get me wrong everyone is super grateful that we are able yeah. to do that but that's just um that's just um come from our government and the way they handled things and obviously it helps being really small and isolated right. on an island um you know we've only got four and a half five million people in our whole country you know like right. we have a quarter of the size of Manhattan alone <laughs> um, so it's it's a bit easier to sort it out like that um but yeah we've just been real lucky to be able to get back to somewhat normal for the last few months so so how did it sort of work from the beginning like like I, at least here in america you didn't really hear much about other countries like when we all started yeah and yeah. from the start it was kind of like i was still able to go to a supermarket without a mask but like i still knew about coronavirus right yeah and yeah. it was kind of like this lingering like oh it's never gonna affect my community like it's just yeah. one of those things and then all of a sudden yeah. like the next week like boom like your whole neighborhood shut down and it's yeah. like people are afraid to go to the supermarket and like you can't get toilet yeah. paper anywhere yeah oh the great toilet paper crisis <laughs> the worldwide shortage <laughs> oh my god um yeah no it was it was kind of crazy here because it took a, it took a while to get here um in right. big numbers so we're just sort of watching the news and watching what's happening uh, i think it was like spain and italy and all that and how they're going into these big crazy lockdowns and everyone here was just like all right when's it going to get here like it will at some point and um when it did it, it took off kind of quick um quick at first because obviously i think we had some time to prepare or like the government did um but yeah, all of a sudden we just had like six cases and then it doubled and then it tripled overnight. And then, um, the prime minister just announced, uh, in three days, we're going to a level four lockdown, um, which had never happened before. And so everyone had three days to sort of organize themselves and get what they needed. So I just went to the video game store, got some games, got some, who needs groceries? <laughs> I was, I was just making sure I was, uh, I wasn't going to be bored. Um, yeah, fuck the toilet roll. I'm gonna get the new Grand Theft yeah. Auto in, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Went and got some sushi. I was like, I'm gonna miss that. So, <laughs> yeah. So we get your were, priorities right. Yeah, we were all pretty, pretty chill here. I mean, obviously, you go to the supermarket, and it's funny, eh? How just one little announcement from the government, all of a sudden, no one trusts anyone. I don't know if it's the same yeah. as you, but like when you go to the supermarket and everyone's eyeing you out, like you're just like you've got it, and it's like. I'm just here to buy some toilet yep. paper, bro. <laughs> um, so then, how long yeah. did your lockdown last? Uh, so our first one was seven weeks. Um, we were locked down for seven weeks. No movement, no nothing. It was purely just essential services, so like gas stations and supermarkets and whatnot open. Um, but it was crazy. Like, the whole country just stopped for seven weeks. And um, 
everyone it was crazy everyone was just catching up online and reading books and working out at home everyone was like you know what this is actually kind of nice <laughs> i think the crazy thing is that we're of course from three different countries and how different it is in each individual country which is crazy like you said connor where, where, where you are now is absolutely normal um and i don't know about you Jaime, but for us like in the uk every nine on every single british person absolutely idolizes your prime minister um connor Everyone thinks she's absolutely fantastic the way she's handled it. Yeah. Compared to the UK, which is an absolutely mishmash and everything. So at the moment, um, we're, we're currently in our third lockdown at the moment. Yeah. So we yeah. had one, of course, during the summer, and then it slowly started to ease. We had another one in November for a month, and then we went to a tier system, which where we were didn't really work, and then it went into a full-scale lockdown again in the start yeah. of January. So we've now been in a full lockdown again for, for two months. Wow. And it's pretty much going to be... Things are slowly starting to ease from yeah. from Monday. Um, but, yeah, it's a wild time. I don't know if you've seen... I saw a meme, right? And it's uh, comparing New Zealand and the UK. And uh, the UK's kind of released a, a manifesto or like a, a list of things that you, you can and can't do. Yeah. And then it's like a photo of New Zealand that said, oh, um, New Zealand in 2021. And there's like photos of festivals and dancing. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is UK sitting yeah. on a bench is allowed. That's literally the comparison, mate. It's an absolute... Yeah. I think most people can agree that it's been an absolute shambles in the UK. Yeah. And seeing, seeing you be back to normal just makes me so jealous. Like, mm. what's it like being back at bars and everything like that? It must be insane. Um, yeah, so after that first seven-week lockdown, um, it eased off in levels, so it sort of teared off where we could gather in small groups. And then, uh, so that was like level three lockdown, gathering in small groups and a little bit more things open up. So like fast food, when fast food opened up, oh my God, there was queues out the door for everywhere. Um, <laughs> that was like that in the UK for McDonald's. Yeah. Like there was there was only some around like London that really opened up, and then people yeah. would drive for like 40, 50 miles to go to the when McDonald's reopened for a drive through, yeah. and there'd be queues going out onto the main road. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's insane, caused yeah. traffic jams and everything. Yeah, seven weeks no fast food turns people crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, once we started easing off, um, we stopped having all cases and I think it was like a hundred just over a hundred day stretch where we had no new cases in the country wow. Um, wow that's amazing I think that started in I think it might have been like June July last year where we had that hundred day stretch so it was a good couple months and then um, we had another mini lockdown just because we had a little outbreak but that wasn't too long and it wasn't a full lockdown it was just a level three so you know it's almost normal but like social distancing and then scanning in everywhere with the qr codes um and yeah and then after that we were good and uh we've been good pretty much most of the summer which let everyone go absolutely wild um it was great had all the festivals gigs on um you know there was new year's festivals with 20 30,000 people at them and um wow. we we're very lucky to be the one place in the world that was actually able to do that and, um, See that that's that's just insane. Like I could having a festival with over thirty thousand people is just yeah. a, it's a distant memory for me now. I, I, it I makes me uncomfortable, actually. Yeah, I couldn't imagine yeah. it. Yeah, 
Oh, like, how, how was that was first wild. feeling when you were in a crowd that big for the first time? Oh, it was insane. It was insane. I had, to, I had to keep pinching myself when I was down in the middle of the marsh and just look up around this hill, just covered <laughs> in people, um, just saying, like, wow, like, this is literally not happening anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Um, awesome. But, yeah, just so grateful as well, you know, like, uh, it's really good the way that the New Zealand government's handled things for us to get back to the way we want to live our lives, you know, like, the lockdowns and that, it's just, that's not really ideal, um, obviously. Right feeling for you boys with what, what's going on and whatnot, but hopefully we can all get back to it pretty so soon. If you had, it all blows. So if you had to give us some advice as someone who <laughs> has eased into being normal again, if you had to give advice for us who eventually, hopefully, we're going to get to that point and our countries will get our shit together, <laughs> what advice would you give us? <laughs> My best advice that I wish I could tell myself was when we went into level four lockdown, I just figured, hey, I'm stuck at home, nothing to do, let's drink. And I spent <laughs> way too much money, so like not working, I had no income because I was studying at the time. And um, yeah, so I had no income, way too much booze. I should have saved all my money because once you get out, all of the event companies, all of the, yeah, there is so much on of everyone trying to recuperate that you're literally every weekend you got something to do, you know? So it's something to look forward to, but save your money while you can, because once you break out, you're going to be running wild for a while. <laughs> See, and, that's um, the thing, man. I think, everyone, I think everyone is, especially in the UK, I don't know about you, Jaime, but everyone is just looking forward to that. So we've now got a oh, date. Yeah. June the 21st is yeah. when they say in the UK, clubs can reopen, festivals, a bit of yeah. well, the normal life back. And everyone is looking forward to that. The amount of events yeah. planned for the summer. Like, so is it as good as you, you say it is? Like that moment when you, you're finally out there and you, you're back in a, oh. amongst a crowd of people again. Yeah, no, it's even better than you can imagine, eh? especially after being <laughs> so long. Um, so long. Mate, I'm so hyped for it. I can't you're wait. Ready. Wow. You're ready. I want to I I see all of it. I want to see it. <laughs> Mate, my prediction. Everywhere. My, my prediction is that it's really going to be the Roaring Twenties. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. It's literally break out and just have a wild one. Yeah. <laughs> you lock us out. You lock us at home for a year, so we're going to make up for it with the tin. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's weird because uh, the U.S., didn't actually go into lockdown ever because yeah, obviously what, what, what's, hap what's happening in the states because like again one time restaurants are open and of course every state sometimes have its own different rules like right so obviously you're in you're in new york what's what's going on there right so like the states can kind of do how they think they should run right so new york has actually been kind of on top of their shit where uh, Manhattan was completely locked down for a while. Uh, and then when cases went really low, they were able to open up businesses again and open up restaurants. So now there's outdoor seating everywhere, but like they have coverings and stuff. So you could still make it through the winter and sit outside. Uh, bars were allowed to take out alcohol, which previously in the U.S. you're not allowed to do. I know in like every other country you can, but in the U.S. a lot of places you can't like take out alcohol. So those rules were kind of axed. Um, and I don't know in this week in Texas, the governor just said, we're opening at a hundred percent. We don't care what the testing rate is. 
All businesses are open. The mask mandate is done. Nobody has to wear masks and all clubs and bars and restaurants can reopen. So on one hand, it's like, wow, cool, I can have life again. But on the other hand, it's like, are you dumb? (laughs) That's America for you, mate. (laughs) So it's like, at least in my college town, I feel like college, like universities have been affected the most because... You can't have your big frat parties. You can't have your crowded bars. You can't meet people and take them home after a night out. You know what I mean? Like, like it's kind of like you meet a girl on Tinder and you're like, but are you safe? <laughs> you know, it's like, and then it's like you tell your friends, it's like, oh, I have to go get tested. And it has a whole new meaning now. It's like, oh, you're going to get tested for, oh, coronavirus. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> So it's just it's it's crazy because I haven't even like been to a college bar all of my last year of college, and I can't even go to a senior bar. Yeah, um, that's rough. Which is just crazy. But yeah, that's mad. I I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I I know as soon as I uh, about around the time that I graduate, I'm going to be moving to a new city to be determined, and I just know that. A demon inside of me is going to be unleashed. <laughs> Something's coming out. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I did just see that that moment when Boris Johnson says, "We've done it. We've passed. Well, coronavirus is gone. All restrictions are lifted. The UK is going to go fucking nuts. Yeah. Literally, it's going to be parties yeah. everywhere, piss up twenty four seven. Mate, I'm down. I can't wait." <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what though boys it's, you picture this a good few years ago and again we always say it, no one would have ever predicted something like this and um, it's great to hear kind of that year of course um, where you are things are going back to normal and uh, one thing that we're definitely jealous about is that you can go to festivals go to clubs and you actually get to experience that from the other side as well now you're now a DJ right? Yeah yeah so I've gotten, gotten a bit of that going which is uh going well so far it's good fun good vibes and um yeah it's nice actually having the opportunity in New Zealand to be able to do that and um now sort of being on the other side of it and sharing music with people in the club is definitely a good a good time how did you get into it then um so basically when I was overseas I was just you know listening to hip-hop and rap and R&B and all that sort of stuff and then when I came home I was like what is going on here everyone is just listening to dance music you know drum and bass house and it's just everywhere like no one listens to anything else and um so obviously i got straight into it just catched up (laughs) learned all about it started going to um started going to all these gigs and just absolutely loving it and um i had a couple of really good friends that were already uh already djs and so after watching them you uh you get a bit of a yeah i could do that and then um yeah you just start started learning and networking in with the right people and yeah just sort of took it from there is it as simple as well i won't say simple but is it is it a lot more to it than pressing a few buttons and spinning a few decks like yeah there's there is a bit more to it than just hitting play on spotify you know sometimes people think you're up there just just on the spotify playlist but there is a bit more to it um to make it sound as good as you want to um, there's definitely like simpler ways you can play and whatnot, but if you want to really try and create something um, new and different in the way that you play songs, um, then yeah, it's it can be quite difficult. 
Do you have a distinct like style or kind of like, like um, genre of music that you play or like? Um, yeah, I, I love my house. Um, house music, anything house is uh, is good. A lot of people sometimes hate on it, saying it's whack because uh, there's a huge drum and bass scene in New Zealand right now, and um, obviously with the lockdown seven weeks stuck at home all of a sudden you come out and everyone's a dj um everyone's <laughs> learning how to play because everyone just loves the scene so much um and so there was already plenty of drum and bass djs as well but i just really enjoy house music so just sort of stuck with it and yeah it's good times good vibes so do you have any specific inspirations or people that you kind of base your style off of um yeah, you take it from, like, your favorite artists and whatnot and your favorite tracks, but I'd say most of the inspiration just comes from my friends, you know. I've got a couple of friends that can play, and we always just have a couple of drinks and, you know, get in the mix and, I don't know, have, have fun with it. And as long as we're having fun, then that's sort of the best, where the best sort of stuff comes from. And it's, yeah, it's just good fun. Like, whenever we go to a club, we always get fucking pissed or whatever don't we yeah. and, and some people kind of take things a little bit too far Have, yeah. when you're actually a DJ and you're the other side what's it like seeing that seeing people actually pissed and like jam to your music it is hilarious <laughs> like it is, it is so good like obviously I'm not the most sober up there gonna have a couple to cool the nerves but I love it I love it it's so funny you see some interesting characters and uh you know, you get people coming up, typing on their phones, song requests and whatnot, like, play this, play this. <laughs> you're playing, you're playing some house music and someone said, can you play Dancing Queen by ABBA, please? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, last weekend I did play uh, a Gimme Gimme remix that went off. Everyone loves it. Man, that's big. ABBA. I've heard that yeah. last yeah. time. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that went good. Remix. That went good. Um, but yeah, that was uh, when I was playing house last week. Some dude came up, typed on his phone, play D&B. Me and my mate are just there, right? Fuck off. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. So then your uh, your stage name is Why Not? Yeah. Um, so where did that come from? Where did that sort of manifest from? So basically when I was um, in school and figuring out that whole thing of like, oh, I don't want to go to uni, I just want to travel and experience it. I just sort of realized, I was like, why not? Like, why can't I do that? Why can't I be that guy? And um, so I've just sort of made it like a, a life motto for myself. Um, even got it tattooed on my arm just as a daily reminder. Um, that if, if you're ever wondering or considering doing something, if you really can't think of any good reason not to, then why not? You know, just get after it. You never know until you go and you just got to give it a give it a good shout and see how it goes. Normally, every single week or every single time on the podcast, we do high most quotes of the week. But what you just said there, Connor, is kind of we'll do a Connor's quote of the week for this game. Yeah. So yours is why yeah. not? Um, I think there's no better way to end it, really. Um, yeah. Any other last words, Connor? Kind of about about your music or about about your motto or anything like that at all? Um, yeah. If anyone tells you you can't do anything. Ask them why not, and if they can't give you any reason, just really go and get after it. You know, Do, as long as you give your best to everything and um, have a real passion for it, then you can you can do it. Um, yeah. Um, shameless self plug. Uh, if you want to catch up with some <laughs> of the music stuff, uh, just search up why not on SoundCloud and check out my latest mix, What the Funk. 
Uh, there's going to be another one coming out soon, which will be a little bit more funkier as well. That'll be uh, a good bit of fun. Um, you can also jump on the Instagram, why not dot wav, <laughs> uh, why not dot wav, um, and yeah, try and keep posted with it, and hopefully uh, we can get back and start dancing soon. And hopefully for you boys over in the in the old countries there, get back to normal as soon as possible. And I don't know, maybe uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to fly up and catch up all together. Hell yeah. That'd be an absolute dream, man. Um, so that wraps up this week's Shelter Island podcast. Once again, thank you very much, Connor, uh, for being our very first guest on the podcast. Connor, good to speak to you, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Really appreciate it, and what an honour being uh, being asked to be the first guest on your boys' show. Really, uh, really stoked with how you guys have sort of taken on this project, and uh, excited to see what you guys have to come. Thank you, brother. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>